Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. New insight into the moments before a deputy shot and killed a man at a local home. What 911 calls are revealing about why he was there. Missing Moore County woman Alicia Watts is now located in a national missing persons database. Why the family hopes this new tool will help locate her. Then a new effort to protect student athletes from cardiac arrest. What free service WakeMed is now offering to catch potentially life-threatening illnesses. Future cast is showing pop-up storms and a change in humidity. I'll show you how different it will feel over the weekend. New tonight, WRL has obtained 911 calls from the moments before a Wayne County deputy shot and killed a man who had a shotgun. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dan Haggerty. And I'm Ashley Rowe. This happened Monday, and today we learn the 911 caller knew the suspect. WRAL's Chris Lovingood is here now live to walk us through that new information, Chris. Well, Dan and Ashley, the 911 call was about 16 minutes long, and the two words that are best to describe it are talking traumatizing and horrifying. During the call, you hear the caller say a man named Chad Pike was walking through her house with a loaded shotgun demanding to see her husband. The caller tells the dispatcher this man knew her husband, but that her husband had died. She even showed him his ashes. Still, that man was walking through the house, pushing her to the side at one point, again with a loaded shotgun in his hand. At one point, she said she locked herself in a room with a handgun in her hand, waiting. And then, that's when deputies showed up. There he is right there. He put the gun down. He put the gun on the boat. Damn. He put the gun on the boat. I think they shot him. Oh, okay. Jesus, please. Please. All right, just stay in your home and stay away from him, okay? in my house, please. Again, you can hear the terror in her voice. The Wayne County Sheriff's Office said the man raised the shotgun and ignored their commands, and then they shot and killed him. Wow, Chris, what terrifying moments for her. Mm. Thank you for your reporting. Let's take a look now at the dual Doppler 5000 tonight. We've got a couple isolated storms popping up in our area. Kat Campbell in the WRL Severe Weather Center. What's this? Uh, they're moving out eventually. What's in store mm -hmm. for us tonight? We've just got to deal with a couple of these through midnight. After that, we're done, and then we're done with storm chances for the weekend. So we've got some good news on the way. We just have to get through these isolated storm cells. I wanted to point out this one that went right by the airport. It's going on the east side of Durham. Could eventually reach Creedmoor. Uh, one shower closer to Apex behind it. Things have quieted down around Wilson and Rocky Mount. We do have one storm up near Jackson. That's going going to be moving up into southern Virginia. I'll leave in a 30% chance of a storm through 10 o'clock and then 20% by the time you're waking up tomorrow morning. We expect to see a lot more sunshine and we will finally get rid of the stationary front once we get to the weekend. That is going to come with some big changes. I'll have more on that in your weekend forecast coming up. Talk to you then. Thanks, Kat.
Taking a live look at Durham tonight, right now more than 9,798 people are still without power in the county and have been for more than 48 hours. That number seeing little improvement at all today. But new this hour, we can tell you lights are back on at Oxford Manor Apartments. Multiple people we spoke to said hundreds of dollars of groceries have gone bad because of how long it took to get power back. And one woman said she had to call EMTs twice in order to get her grandmother the oxygen she needs to survive. A Duke Energy spokesperson describing just how complex the restoration effort has been. These are trees that are very wide diameters that, that create challenges to get them off the line. They bring down poles, break poles, bring down the power lines. So it's been a very physical reconstruction of the grid. Brooks says Duke Energy brought in crews from other parts of the state as well as South Carolina. He also says they're working to prevent outages like this in the future. Hello, I'm Mark Boyle in the WRA Live Center. New right now at 7 o'clock, the Halifax County Sheriff's Department needs your help tracking down a missing 13-year-old. On your screen, this is the photograph released from the Sheriff's Department of the 13-year-old identified as Andre Hicks, uh, who's last seen in his room this morning. And investigators say they think he may be a runaway, but because of his age, they are concerned for his safety. They also think he may be traveling to Maine, where he has family located. Again, 13 years old, Andre Hicks, if you know where he is, you are asked to call the Halifax County Sheriff's Department immediately. Mark, thank you. Let's hopefully get him home soon. It's been one month now since a missing Moore County woman, Alicia Watts, disappeared. Weeks now of, of waiting have become agony for her family and friends, especially as police at this point have made no arrests. Today, WRL's Chelsea Donovan talked to Alicia's family, still, of course, holding out hope. A month after her disappearance, Alicia Watts is now in a national missing persons database. But Charlotte police said they didn't put her name in there. It was entered by a private citizen. NAMIS, as it's called, has a much wider reach and the family is hopeful this tool will help locate Watts. It's been 30 days, four weeks and seven hours since you were last seen and the hours and the days keep passing by without indication of your whereabouts. Tammy Utley, Alicia Watts's sister, sending us this letter one month after her sister went missing July 16th from Charlotte. If you're out there, Alicia, don't give up. Continue to fight as we search for you. We're lost. We're lost, you know, we're in constantly. Gwen Utley, Alicia's cousin, was the last person that saw Watts and her boyfriend, James Dunmore. Well, you know, her family, her friends, everyone, we deserve some kind of closure. The Moore County woman had planned a weekend in Charlotte with Dunmore, but after that weekend, Watts was missing, and Dunmore turned up in her car in this Anson County DMV parking lot, unresponsive after a suicide attempt. We have a lot of loopholes that's open. WREL uncovered that Dunmore has a violent past, with past convictions for kidnapping and assault. Just three months ago, he had a domestic violence protection order taken out on him in Durham by a woman who said she was in a relationship with him. The woman claimed she was kidnapped and Dunmore threatened to murder her. We were not aware of none of that. CMPD has not commented on Dunmore's violent history. Earlier this month, they said they hadn't even questioned him. But I can tell you that he has not been taken into custody by us. Utley says she's seen Dunmore recently as he lives nearby. He's not lost. CMPD has said they don't know where Dunmore is and they haven't been able to speak with him due to a medical issue. Chelsea Donovan, WRL News.
A student athlete is twice as likely to suffer from cardiac arrest as a non-athlete. That's according to local doctors. And it's why WakeMed is giving free EKG screenings for young athletes in hopes of catching potentially life-threatening underlying conditions. This comes less than one month after LeBron James' son, Bronny, suffered cardiac arrest during practice. WRL's Brett Neese is live at WakeMed tonight. Brett, more than 100 families are taking part in this. Yeah, Ashley, 125 spots. That's the amount of spots that they initially had for this. All of them booked up tonight. And that just shows that the overwhelming response from parents, it shows that how serious they are taking it to make sure that their young athletes stay safe. It's quick and painless. All right, we're all done. Amy Karam's sons, Lucas and Parker's EKG screenings at WakeMed each took less than five minutes. What other chance are healthy young boys going to get to have a sneak peek EKG to see if there is something underlying that wouldn't otherwise been able to diagnose? Karam's boys swim and play other sports. She knows it's unlikely they would suffer a cardiac arrest while in the pool or on the field, but that chance isn't zero. In sports, we push them really hard and in the heat and they're dehydrated and everything. And um, it's just scary to think that if the right people aren't there when it happens. That's why she signed up for today's free screening so that doctors can check for potential underlying conditions. Doctors say both check out great. <gasps> if the doctors do notice something on scans like these, they can guide the athletes to further testing and treatment. However, not every cardiac arrest has an underlying condition. Alex Burris suffered one 15 years ago at Cardinal Gibbons High School playing lacrosse. I think if I took an EKG before and took one after, you know, something might not show up and mine was kind of a freak accident. Burris remains grateful there were parents and staff who knew exactly what to do that day and saved his life. Karam is hopeful today's screenings prevents her and other parents from going through the same thing. From when they're babies, you know, you're checking ultrasounds and measuring organs and you worry about everything and the worry never stops. But for a moment, maybe that worry does fade to the background. After today's clear results, it's off to the skate park for Lucas and Parker. So WakeMed says that today's response was so incredible that they plan to hold even more events just like this as soon as they can, Ashley. I, you know, it doesn't surprise me that so many parents wanted to sign their kids up for mm -hmm. this. All right, Brett Neese live in Apex. Thank you. More and more people are coming to Wake County. And bringing $3 billion to the area with them last year. How local residents and, uh, are personally and financially benefiting from tourist dollars. Plus, we saw a number of trees down across our area when a powerful storm hit our area this week. We're going to show you what it actually takes to make sure trees in your yard would survive a storm like that when we go in-depth next. We have seen the damage done by falling trees this week, falling onto homes, cars, streets from Durham to Creedmoor and northern Wake County. Today's Tuesday's storms recorded more wind damage reports than any other single day this year. We wanted to find out what's causing so many trees to topple like this. Robert Barden from NC State Extension tells WRAL some of it has to do with development of forested land. Trees that were surrounded by other trees haven't been directly exposed to wind, so their wood is not as strong under pressure. You remove the support of the neighboring trees away, that tree didn't form that wood when it was developing, so they're more susceptible to uh, damage and things from windstorms. 
Barden encourages people to get out and inspect trees for damage after a storm. He says trees that shifted or pulled up the ground around them should be removed immediately and check trees for new cracks. NC State Cooperative Extension offices in York County offer free resources for tree care. Okay, so we have, uh, we have weak trees. And you might be wondering, what I have been wondering, is there one of those weak trees in my yard? And I'm, I'm not talking about some rotted, haunted, leafless husk waiting for someone to sneeze it over. I'm talking about trees like this one, one that, that looks pretty healthy to an untrained eye, except for, you know, the, the roots being torn out from the ground there. I spoke to an arborist about this sort of thing, and, and he reminded me about some, some interesting facts, like that we have a lot of clay in the soil in North Carolina, and clay soil is very hard. That's partly one of the reasons why we don't have many basements around here. And sometimes tree roots, they can't grow deep enough through that hard soil, meaning the trees in your front yard could be like a, I don't know, like a bodybuilder who never does leg days. Up top, they seem healthy and strong, but in reality, they're standing on twig legs hidden beneath track pants and awkwardly top-heavy. So I asked the arborist Dana Wilson from Davy Resource Group, how do we know if our trees are hiding their twig legs under the soil? He told me there are two effective types of assessment. The first is a visual assessment. They, they go out, they walk around the tree, they look at it, and they study it. And I mean, they really really study it. Trust me, when I say these people look at a tree, they don't do it in the same way that you or I do it. This assessment takes about 45 minutes to an hour per tree, which it just fascinates me. I mean, imagine looking at a tree for an hour. Uh, here's a tree. Let's try it together for like 10 seconds. Let's give it 10 seconds. Ready? Go. All right, come back to me. That's enough. It's enough. I'm bored immediately. Uh, it's unique work, which is why it costs so much money to get them to do it. The visual assessment will typically cost you between $100 and $200 per tree. Some arborists charge by the hour, but again, remember, it's about an hour per tree. And still, they can't tell you everything, especially when it comes to the roots. For that, they get, they get super nerdy. Here's some video that shows an arborist using a piece of equipment that kind of works like a tree MRI. It uses electrical signals that can map the inside of the tree, shows where it's strong and where it's decaying. Or they use ground-penetrating radar that will give back this fancy data like this that will give you a 3D image of the size, depth, and span of the tree roots. It's great information to have, but this sort of thing is expensive. It can cost you Two to three hundred bucks, well into the, into the thousands per tree. and can only be done by an arborist who is certified in risk assessment, and not all of them are. So, there you have it. You know, money doesn't grow on trees unless you're an arborist, apparently. If you have some tree questions, let me know. I got a guy. Now, I got an arborist guy, all right? I've been texting with him all day. I can send him your questions, and I'll keep sending him until he blocks me. Trust me. Email me at dan at wrel.com. Tell me what is on your mind with this story or any other, and we'll go in depth. Dan, I want like a, a Dan Haggerty in-depth promo code with this arborist. Can he maybe like, can you get a discount going we'll so that... I well, want to get my stuff, you know, my trees looked at, but I'm not paying for that. I hope he wasn't insulted by my inability to stare at a tree. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
<laughs> All right, Dan. Hey, visitor spending grew to near pre-pandemic levels last year. A report out today from the Greater Raleigh Convention and Visitors Bureau revealed visitors spent a record-breaking $3 billion in our community in 2022. Visit Raleigh says the food and beverage sales hit $837 million last year and earned a record-breaking $40 million. Hotel occupancy taxes totaled nearly $33 million. But not all sectors are experiencing a rebound. According to Visit Raleigh, tourism created work for more than 24,500 people. That's an increase over 2021, but still 11% below pre-pandemic levels. All of this tourism saves each household about $600 in taxes. Visitor is a good thing. They come, they spend a lot of money, and they leave, and they don't put the strain on, on the schools and other assets that we have here in the community, but they certainly uh, contribute to, to the needs of the entire county. Wake County has a 10-year tourism vision called the Destination 2028 Plan. The goal is to drive more than 21 million visitors a year to Wake County by 2028. Kat, if there was a perfect month to come mm -hmm. and visit Raleigh or the Triangle, what would you say it is? I would say October. Mm, October beautiful. is my favorite month of the year by far. Well, one of them, unless we have a snowy January and then, you know, that goes to the top. But October, it's a nice time of year. Typically, we start cooling down, but it's comfortable. It's not too chilly just yet. And we see the leaves begin to change by the end of the month, maybe in some spots a little earlier. Outside today, it's still warm and it's humid outside. That's going to change, though, once we get to the weekend. And with that, we have a few of these pop-up showers and storms, typical of a normal summer day. One shower just blew through Cary. It moved through fast. We've got one up by Falls Lake. One small shower that may be on a trajectory to Garner. Those are not significant. They're not severe, but we do have a few summertime showers and storms. We do have some rain in Sampson County and also the storms are starting to move out of Northampton County. The weekend should be dry though. 90 degrees is our forecast high on Saturday, mostly sunny and best of all, less humid. It's going to be in the 60s for the mornings this weekend. We heat back up toward the mid 90s though by Sunday. Tomorrow is still pretty hot out, high temperatures in the lower 90s, but throughout the day it's progressively going to feel better and better and better as we go along. We start out pretty warm and muggy in the morning, but with a lot more sunshine than what we saw this morning. Temperatures near 70 by lunchtime. 86, not a bad uh, lunch hour. If you want to eat lunch outside, maybe find some shade. And then by the evening, it's still warm, but the humidity really noticeably less by the evening. We've got to talk about the tropics, though. We've got four systems that we are watching. Two systems in the eastern Atlantic, and these are still more than a week away from any potential impact to any land if worst case scenario were to even play out. So they're all the way out there. We'll keep an eye on them for you. I'll have more on those at 10 and 11. But I wanted to show you Hurricane Hillary. This system is moving to the north and it could strengthen into a category four hurricane in the eastern Pacific. It will be subtropical or post-tropical by the time it gets to California. But it's going to have an impact on the west coast, bringing a lot of heavy rain. You can see the rain swath all the way up the Baja Peninsula into San Diego, up into Las Vegas even, and there could be some mudslides and flash flooding. So this is definitely a concern for California as we get into next week. We're also watching a potential system for the Gulf of Mexico. It wouldn't develop until next week, so we'll still monitor the situation over the weekend. A 30% chance that this could develop. And we don't have model plots available for that system yet. It's going to have a very narrow window of time where it could organize and develop, but with how warm the ocean temperatures are, I wouldn't be 
be shocked if it did. Hopefully it stays on the weak side. You know, if we could get just a really weak system to move into Texas, it may actually be welcome news. They're under extreme drought right now for the east coast of Texas, so they really need the rain. Our drought monitor around here looking good, abnormally dry in some spots, but no moderate drought in our viewing area. As we go through the next seven days, there's not many opportunities for rain. We've got the chance this evening and another chance for some isolated storms on Tuesday. Your weekend looks pretty dry. We even get down to 65 on Saturday morning. If you want to wake up early, do coffee on the porch. That's going to be the morning to do it. Oh, that sounds really nice. Thanks, Kat. The weekend is almost here, uh, and we're helping you plan for it. We're going to have a list of events for your family to check out in the Triangle coming up. You know, every time this music comes like on, it. Dan does one of these. I do a little so, Chevy. <laughs> gets me happy. I get, I get excited for the weekend. <laughs> Live music yeah. and an annual Soapbox Derby race are among the events happening I this like weekend. like a Soapbox Derby, too. WRL Lifestyle Editor Kathy Hanrahan has our out and about best of the best. Acapella group Pentatonix will take the stage Saturday at Coastal Credit Union Music Park at Walnut Creek. They will be joined by country star Lauren Elena. Tickets are still available. Also Saturday, the 21st annual Kirby Derby Soapbox Race will be held at Dick's Park. The event includes a parade, mini races for the kids, and more fun. Admission is free. The event is from 3 to 9 p.m. The Raleigh-Durham Afro-Caribbean Association will present the 10th annual Carib Mask Carnival Parade on Saturday in City Plaza. The event also includes a festival, arts and craft vendors, and live entertainment. Admission is free. Two outdoor movies to check out this weekend. Head to Garner Recreation Center for a free screening of the Super Mario Brothers movie on Friday night. And on Saturday, Durham Central Park will host a free screening of the movie Top Gun Maverick. These are just a few ways to get out and about this weekend. Kathy Hanrahan, WRAL News. Looks fun. Let's mm -hmm. let's talk hairstyles for a moment. You mm -hmm. were born in Canada, so you know a lot about the mullet. Oh, the mullet, the uh -huh. mullet, and a denim yeah. uh, top and bottom. That's yeah. the Canadian uniform. Well, let's take a look because there's a new <laughs> mullet champion who's been crowned. Look at this. Why are mullets trendy again? I, I don't get them. it. I love them. Six-year-old Rory Ehrlich. He's from Pennsylvania. That's a good look. His hairdo won him the 2023 USA Mullet Championship Kids Division. Each contestant names their mullet. Rory calls his Cheddar Whiz after like his it. favorite way to order his cheesesteak. He's from Philly, after all. His mom says Rory asked to get a mullet a year ago and has stuck with it ever since. Well, you know what? At least he's really owning it. I'm glad mullets are back. When I was a kid growing up in West Virginia, I had a rat tail. Yeah, I'm waiting for those to come back oh, in. Oh, we need to get a photo of uh -huh. this. Rat tail, tiger tiger claws on the side. <laughs> uh, that looked good. Oh, but now you know, guys. Now you know. <laughs> That's it for us tonight. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back at 10 o'clock on Fox 50 and here at 11 on a WRAL. Rat tail, yeah. <laughs> Keep watching WRAL News over the air channel 34 and Spectrum channel 12 57. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.